welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Krabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident Krabby Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Blake. I think I'm the most excited. This topic and the heart behind your new book, Whole, is something that's really active in my life right now. So we just talked for about 10 minutes pre-recording about this idea of integrating what you're learning about God with into your life and how to close kind of the gap between our head and our heart. And you wrote a book that addresses a lot of those issues and kind of helps walk people through how that happens and how to kind of get through it. Before we jump in, tell us about Whole, tell us about Dwellings and about yourself. Yeah, the book Whole comes out of years of conversation where we've just heard that, you know, people that have been Christ followers for a long time can still feel really distant from God. And oftentimes we think that's because God has turned a blind eye or, you know, he's far away. But Actually, it can be that we are unknowingly holding back parts of ourselves. So it can be from our end that the distance comes. And so we've just found it to be helpful. Um, Aaron Williams, that co-authored the book, he and I have found it to be helpful to have these conversations where we can just even start recognizing which parts of ourselves we might be holding back because that enables us to know how we can grow closer to him. I kind of had this revelation towards the end of last year that because I was wrestling with that feeling like I knew a lot about God, but wasn't experiencing a lot of him. I mean, I was reading my Bible and going to church and doing all the things. And I don't remember where I heard it, but someone said something along the lines of you can't get more of God. He has already extended the entirety of himself to you. It's about our ability to experience it and access it. And that honestly like blew my framework apart. That'll blow your framework apart. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I don't think we really know we're not intentionally holding parts of ourselves back, Mm -hmm. but because of our personalities and the way we naturally lean or even our denominational upbringings and how we were taught to relate to God, we probably are. It just, can take some time to sort that through. Yeah. And it is, it doesn't like, sometimes I think it's on purpose. Sometimes it's this purposeful closing off of parts of yourself because there's shame involved or guilt or someone told you at some point along the road that God wouldn't accept you if these parts of you were seen by him. Right. And when you realize, A, he already has access to all of that. Like everything you think you're holding back from God He's already seen it. He already knows it. He's already forgiven it. All of that kind of stuff. And that that self-preservation is really, you think it's self-preservation, but it's actually like self-destruction. Yes. Yes. It can be self-destruction. Yeah. I was just, I was scrolling through my phone actually as, as we were talking because 
trying to find this quote that I just found from A.W. Tozer. It reminded me of what you're saying. Every man is as close to God as he wants to be. That really hit me because like you're saying, he's here, but we desire to be close to him. We can grow more toward him. Great Dwellings is the ministry that I lead and Aaron Williams, the co-founder and I founded, which honestly is based on a lot of these concepts to just yeah. communion with God and and specifically building small communities, ordinary people building small communities, which would be small groups or house churches. Yeah. It's around his presence. Which is such an incredible way to experience more of God or open yourself up to that is like there's a reason community is so prevalent in in scripture. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we cannot do it alone. No. We cannot do it alone. So the book is split into four parts, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, tell me about kind of the the setup of the book. Okay, so let me tell you about the four parts of the book. There're four sets of words. So first you need to understand that And through the book, we talk about with each pair of words, how we probably lean toward one or the other. Mm -hmm. So the first section is head and heart. Mm -hmm. And the second section is truth and spirit. The third section is being and doing. So we can often relate to him and, you know, in a way of more still uh, meditative being or more active doing. And then the fourth section is around our identity sinner and saint. Often we think of ourselves more in one way or another as we relate to God. In all sections, he's calling us to understand all of those things. Right. And that they don't always necessarily mutually exclusive. They're never mutually exclusive. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He's that's that's the premise of whole. Like there's those are all parts of ourselves that we have to understand and we don't want to hold back from him even though many times we do. I mean, I think this is a very loaded question because I think it can be, (laughs) it's so complex and like all of us have so many different experiences and life experiences and trauma and all that kind of stuff. But in your research, what are the barriers that you saw like holding Christians back from experiencing more of God? Fear. Mm, Yeah. Fear would be the primary one. And we talk about like fears in each of those sections, but Let's just take the fears in the area of head and heart. I think the people that lean toward being head people. So you're, you know, you might really like to study. You like the facts. You like things to be understood. You are more potentially black and white. You value standards. You want the foundation to be right and correct. You want to know God for who he really is. I mean, it's a good thing. You you want to be accurate in your understanding. You might have a fear of leaning into relating to him with your heart because you think that feels too chummy. Mm-hmm. It might not feel grounded. It might feel dependent on your feelings, which don't feel as accurate as the truth. You worry that your worship of him might lean toward emotionalism. Mm-hmm. So that can, you know, be a dangerous extreme. And so because you're afraid of the extreme of where your heart might be, you lean really hard in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And then the same for heart people. If you're a heart person in the way that you relate to God, you 
you might love worship more than listening to a sermon. You like experience. You have conversations with God a lot. You you might really value just prayer time and you're probably really honest and authentic. And then your fear of leaning into your head side would likely be that you don't want your relationship with God to look like intellectualism and boiling him down to a thing to be understood instead of a person that you're relating to. And so you can be so afraid of the extreme of that side and God just becoming like a educational endeavor that you lean totally in your heart and you miss understanding that you have to actually know the person to love them well. Yeah. We can pigeonhole these things and kind of camp out and even critique people that lean in a way that we don't. But God is saying like my first and greatest commandment where Jesus is saying it in in Mark and many other places as well. He's saying the first and greatest commandment is that you love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So you hear head and heart in there. Like he's not asking us to choose. He's Mm -hmm. saying the very first thing I'm telling you is to come to me with all that you are head and heart. And so he doesn't divide us in the ways that we divide ourselves. But that tends to be the thing that holds us back the most or underneath it all, I think is a fear. Yeah. Extreme of the other side, which is, you know, can really keep us locked up. Or even like fear of unknown, like unknown experiences, right? Because I kind of have done this swing. Yeah. Swing makes it sound extreme, but I went from being purely head, purely theological study. I grew up in the church and honest, if I'm being honest, being quite judgmental of the more heart focused Christians and just was like, this is so willy nilly and like woo woo and all that kind of stuff. And ultimately what it came down to was for me, like a, a lack of understanding about the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is very heart and mind and yeah, intermingling with us. And so as I've moved more into a heart experience, not leaving behind the head, you can't leave it behind, right? Right. It honestly feels so much more holistic, though. Yeah. Like it's a holistic experience of God and of who he is and of scripture. And you mentioned this, this phenomenon of like, it's a versus thing. Like it's one side versus the other. Like one is right and one is wrong. Yeah. Where you're pointing to scripture that says all of it, like heart, soul, mind, spirit, like it's all of it. I don't even think it's a problem if you maybe naturally lean into one or the other. It's not a problem. It's just often we get comfortable there. Mm. And so like we were saying at the beginning, like we can feel this distance because we're just not stepping into all that he has. And so it's not a problem if if we lean one way, but if we stay there and don't push ourselves out of our natural leanings and our comfort zones, we'll just limit the way that we're relating to him. So we'll, we'll just experience less of him. Yeah. And I, I do think, you know, we're talking about head and heart. I do think that relates a lot to truth and spirit. And for me and my upbringing, it was, it was similar to what you're saying. Like I had a, I had very good Bible teaching, but I didn't 
have a very practical understanding of the spirit's role in my life. Yes. So I could have just said, you know, because of whatever experience and my own leanings, I'm just going to stay here because that's really comfortable. But I would have missed out on so many of the things that for sure the spirit has done in my life the last five years. I would have still been a believer. I would have Mm -hmm. still experienced growth and fruit. But would it have had the power in my life? Absolutely not. And so I think to just camp out, out of comfort or, you know, because of fear is just going to limit how we relate to God. Thirty million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. And if you're among them, I need you to know that you're not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver some results. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement. It supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes of thinning. Nutrafol has three physician-formulated formulas using natural, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients so you can get the most reliable results. And in a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Blake to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer they offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Blake. Wanted to take a second and make sure you knew that my flagship course for content creation and social media growth and management is going to open for registration on March 28th. This is a six-part course that is not just for content creators. It is for anyone who wants to leverage the power of social media and free marketing for their business, their ministry, their personal voice, and it goes through everything you could possibly need to know about showing up well on social media, being true to yourself, keeping God as the focal point, and being successful monetizing and growing. You can find out more about Run Your Race by going to thegirlnamedblake.com slash course. Join the waitlist. Don't miss it. It's going to be awesome. Going back to my admission of judgment, <laughs> I think our judgment of other people who do it differently is a tool of division because how do you learn how to experience something? You More often than not, like you get to do it with people. So if we're looking at people who experience God as like opposite and different and wrong versus what can I learn here? Like both sides have quote unquote sides. There's so much they can learn from each other. Absolutely. There's so much whole traditions can learn from one another. So again, I mean, many of us, you know, we even read the people that think like us. Right. And just to even expand that and go, you know what, I might have only read Baptist people or only Catholic people or only whatever to go, you know, even within the broader church, there are leanings, some denominations that really teach the Bible well. And there are some denominations as a whole that really teach the gifts of the spirit. Like, I wonder what it would be like for them to read each other's books and listen to each other's sermons for 
a month. You know, there there is a lot to learn. But what you're saying requires humility of posture because it's really, it feels good to feel like I have it figured out mm. and the other side is doesn't have it figured out or whatever, someone who leans a different way. But honestly, to reach the point to go, you know, even the longer we live our Christians li- Christian lives, like there's less that I know. There's there's more to be figured out. And I don't have all the answers to the spiritual questions and I won't ever. And so it's it's being open to learning, which also relates to me saying I don't have a corner on this market. Right. Which is difficult for some, like a lot of people to admit. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers. When in reality, that's to me, I'm like, that's where the pressure is off. That's why faith is a thing. Like, I don't have to have all the answers. Yeah, he does. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you look at a lot of the theologians that are like in their 80s that have studied the word their whole lives that know way more than you and me and ever all of our friends put together, they'll say, you'll usually hear, I I have so much to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the attitude I want to have. Right. I have not arrived. I will not arrive until the other side. Always keep learning. Right. So one of the things that you talk about in the book is this concept of being spiritually alive. What does that mean? Well, when we think about this is an illustration I really like. When we think about a bonfire, okay? And we think about two parts, the wood and the flame. I will just say for the wood, let's think about that as the truth. So the wood is foundational. It's necessary for the fire. It is something for the fire to cling to. You've got to have that undergirding the fire. But let's say you camp out and you you just say, I'm just going to be a truth person for the rest of my life. You feel the lack of power that that has, Mm -hmm. right? The Mm -hmm. lack of being alive. And so the wood, if it just sits there and you never light the wood, it's, it'll stay there. It'll be sturdy. It will also possibly grow moldier, mossy, stagnant. It'll it'll be stagnant. It's sturdy, but it's not alive. Mm-hmm. And so also, if you have only a flame and you just light, you know, a match in the air and you have no wood to ignite, you know, to be underneath it or whatever, if the flame is the spirit, but it has no grounding. And no foundation, you know, it's flickering, it's exciting, but there's no, there's no undergirding of the wood or the truth. It will burn out. Exactly. And so I think that's a good picture of what it means to be alive is we're growing, we're learning, and we are learning how to walk this walk through something very tangible, the word. It's how we know God, but we're saying that's not enough. I need the flame, the spirit of God to ignite all this in my life. I need that power. I need the experience of a bonfire in my life. I'm not going to just sit and look at the wood and talk about how awesome it is. I'm going to let the spirit ignite it. And so um, that's a good picture to me of what it means to be alive is saying, I'm going to learn everything that I can about him a hundred percent. 
not 50% truth and 50% spirit. It's 100% truth. But then I'm going to ask the spirit to do what only the spirit of God can do and, and give it power and give it activation. And that just means letting him lead the way, letting him bring that to light, letting him impact my life in a way that the, that the scripture becomes part of who I am and informs everything that I do. I love a good analogy. And that was a fantastic analogy because it keeps going, right? Fire keeps you warm. Fire yeah. ha- gives you something to show for it. Like they're like, yeah. but it wouldn't exist without the wood. I wonder when along the way we like divorced the two. We divorced truth and spirit and head and heart. Like when did we, I'm not asking, I'm not, this is hypothetical because I'm, I don't know that anybody has the answer, yeah. but like, what a disservice that does to us as believers. Yeah. Seeing it as a dichotomy versus two things that work together like a bonfire. Yeah. I mean, again, Jesus's words were the true worshipers will come to me, worshiping me in truth and in spirit. It's not an or. I mean, there's no confusion in the Bible. And the truth, the word of the Bible is talking about the spirit nonstop. Jesus is like, you can't relate to me except for by the spirit. And he says in Acts 1, like, don't move. Don't start the church without the power of the spirit. And you're going to do greater things in the world than me because I'm sending you my spirit. And so you really can't be a truth person and not be a spirit person. Right. Because if you read the Bible, that's all he talks about. Not all he talks about, but. A lot. I mean, it is kind of the undercurrent. Yeah. And and you can't be a spirit person and not be a truth person, really, because part of the spirit's role is to illuminate the word to he's called the spirit of truth. Right. I mean, we do that. But in the Bible, there's nothing divorced about it. And Jesus's words, it's all together. We're the ones. And I think you said when over time, I think over and over again, again, there's fear Mm -hmm. behind, you know, we've seen. Sometimes we lean really heavily one side because we've seen abuses of the other. Absolutely. And and I have compassion for that. I mean, we, we've all seen that. Yep. You know, you can be a spirit person because you've seen the word mishandled. You've seen the word preached badly and weaponized. Yeah, you're just, yeah, weaponized. And so you're like, I just want my relationship with him. I'm just going to talk to him and the spirits at work in me. And, you know, on the other side, we can, we can see how there have been abuses of the spirit. There's been, you know, areas where the prophetic's gone wrong, the gifts have been mishandled. And so for whatever reason, for good reason, we get scared, but we throw the baby out with the bathwater as if we have to judge the other side by the time we've seen it mishandled. Right. It's not a good way. I mean, we've seen everything in the world be mishandled. If we threw out everything that humans have messed up, we throw out a lot of good things. Ultimately puts God in a box. It puts God in a box of man's making that if humans have mishandled this, then it must mean we shouldn't have anything to do with it whatsoever. When you've given a multitude of examples just in the last 20 minutes of God over and over telling us these two things work together. They work together. I gave them to you to work together. Absolutely. You're reducing God to the mistakes of man. We don't want to do that at all, much less about two things that work together. Yeah. I'm just looking outside at a tree right now. And this is probably a bad analogy, but it'd be like, I saw a guy 
plant a tree in a way that made the tree die. So I'm just not ever going to yep. have a tree in my yard again. Yeah. It would be kind of like that. Like everything's mishandled by humans. Exactly. Lots of good, good things that God calls us to are among them. Amen. That's so good. So let's say people that are listening kind of fall in one of those two camps. Obviously, the hope is kind of rising towards the middle and being able to have these two things work in tandem in our lives. Do you have maybe just like a couple of pieces of input for the two like quote unquote camps to move towards that more? Because that can be really daunting if you've lived and experienced God a certain way and framed it as the only way. And if you're listening and you feel like convicted, oh, wow, I really am like just looking at the wood and not letting it burn or lighting a match and don't have anything to set it to. Yeah. I'm sure that people that are listening can feel like, okay, now what do I do? I know. I know. And I I totally feel that. I think when it comes to, let's just take these two things we've talked about, head and heart and truth and spirit. The first thing that's important to do is just know where you are Mm. and where you lean. So it's just worth taking a little bit of time to go, okay, based on my personality leanings, the people surrounding me, the denomination I grew up in, what is probably the the way that I lean? Do I lean toward relating to with my head or my heart mm-hmm. or in spirit? Because we can only grow from where we actually are. But I think there's some work to be done to figure out like, where am I actually? Yeah. And being honest about it. And being honest about it. And then the second thing I would say is potentially reading some books or talking to people who lean the other way, just making sure maybe you choose a mentor. If you're a heavily leaning spirit person, maybe you choose a mentor that really can help you understand the Bible better Mm -hmm. or vice versa. But just surround yourself by people that have leanings in other ways, because you'll inevitably grow. And then the third thing I would say is just pray and ask God to to help because he he wants to. He wants us to know him with all of ourselves, but he can he can help us. So it, it could just be the simple prayer of like, Lord, I don't really know. I've held my heart back from you because I've been hurt from other people that have hurt my heart and I don't know how to open it up again. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared to open up to you because maybe you'll hurt me too. But I know that's not true. So we just help me figure that out. Yeah. Those are the type prayers I am uttering all the time. Just like I'm a kid, God, like, (laughs) yeah, help me out. Like I I can't figure this out. And inevitably he, he does. He, he helps us figure that out. I mean, my husband has had so much growth with his heart before the Lord. He has studied the Bible his entire life, knows it backwards and forwards but just realized a couple of years ago in all these conversations, like he never communicates one of his emotions to God. Mm. I mean, probably hard for him with a lot of people or right. even with himself to know what they are just being a, you know, a guy that's grown up how he has, but literally a couple of years ago, he started before he was reading the word, just writing down, here is my emotion I'm feeling today. Yeah. It might be like, I'm anxious about work today. And before he read the word, he just started saying that one thing in prayer, like, God, I'm coming to you today. I'm about to read your word. And I, 
feel in my heart a little anxious. Mm-hmm. Will you just meet me here? Mm-hmm. And he read the word in a little bit different way. And the Lord was able to speak over his anxiety mm. in different ways. But he would come out of his room where he like reads his Bible in the morning, teary, never has cried and just said like, gosh, I feel like I'm like meeting with God in that room now. Mm. He and I are like meeting. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, because it was a little bit robotic before when you were just studying stories as if he's really far off. And all of a sudden you're coming to him with actually what's inside. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was, that came out of a prayer to just understand that other side more clearly. So that was a long, long response. No, that's the, it's a podcast. It's a point, (laughs) but that makes me think of Matthew seven, seven. I've been kind of camping out there lately, like the ask, seek, knock, right? Like if you ask, if you seek, if you knock, he will open the doors and show you because to want to experience more of God, do we think he's going to be mad about that? Do you think he's going to be like, are they really asking me for something else? Right. I view God through the lens of a parent a lot because I'm in the trenches of motherhood. Yeah. And I'm like, if my kid, when, my, when, because it, it happens, when my kids want to know more about me, about my life, they asked to see our wedding pictures the other day. That's the best. And I'm not saying like, I understand how God feels or that, you know, I'm not humanizing God, <laughs> but will he not do more? Like, is he not even better than the best of us? Absolutely. And so if you're coming to him and on either side of it, if you're asking for more wisdom or you're asking for more experience, he's going to be all about that. (laughs) And I think we need that reminder sometimes. Absolutely. No, you're so on target. And my experience with God was very clinical. Like I was listening to you talk about your husband's experience. I was very feel. I went to Christian private school. Like I did the thing. So I knew the Bible verses. Yeah. but it didn't feel like they were connecting in my real life. I was just telling somebody the other day about how absolutely clinical my prayers used to be and use the word robotic. That's what made me think of it. Just following a script. And that's not to say that the scripts are bad because I think that they can serve as like help and they are utterances when we don't have the words. And I love that. But imagine if like your husband talked to you that way all the time. Like, You would have a very stilted relationship. Yeah. And so it's just, it's the idea that the two not only can coexist, but like should. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Your story is reminding me about the revival that's just happened at Asbury. Because if you think about it, it's a Christian Bible school. Like you're saying you went to. Yeah. Everyone there was studying scripture. Right. They came because they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, you know, before that chapel service where everything started, they were asking and seeking for more than just that, more than just learning about God. They needed a move of God. They needed to experience him in a way that they couldn't manufacture in the classroom. And so I think that's what we're hearing everywhere is, is like, we want more than just this little box. Amen. Well, this has been such an incredible conversation. It feels like I got to kind of mirror back a lot of what God and I are talking about and figuring out in my personal life. Tell people where they can follow, keep up with you, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I hang out on Instagram and 
Cat Mac with an underscore K-A-T underscore M-A-A-C-K. And then the ministry dwellings that I lead is dwellings without the vowels. So it's at D-W-L-L-N-G-S. So there's that. And then you can buy whole the book that has some of this content anywhere where books are sold. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me on. And it was a great conversation, Blake. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.